Hello and welcome to the first edition of my podcast. My name is Andrew Singh, your host today. Um, I have a master's degree in professional counseling as well as a master in educational specialist from Seton Hall University. I am presently pursuing my EDD in global and international education at Drexel University. I'm currently live in New Jersey and work as a mental health specialist in New York City for a nonprofit agency providing counseling and mental health referral to young adult family in a supportive housing program. My topic for today's podcast is bullying. School violence and bullying is a global problem. The significance of this problem must be addressed, I believe, because bullying has long-term emotional and psychological effects that, uh, that may carry over into adulthood. With the rise of technological advances and social media, bullying has been on the increase compared to previous generations. In spite of all the resources available, there seems to be a lack of transparency on how bullying incidents are reported and tracked. There has been implementation of programs and campaigns aimed at promoting bullying prevention awareness. The podcast will highlight and address 1. What is bullying and why it is a global problem? 2. Exploring bullying using critical theory framework. I will also share my personal values and experience with traditional bullying as a youth when I was in Guyana and as a teenager in the U.S. I will briefly touch on the consequences of bullying and defining bullying behaviors. I will also share a brief summation of themes derived from my focus group interview with three participants who endure bullying as adolescents. And they are Margaret, Marilyn, and Martha. And finally, I will provide a summary of facts that prove bullying is a global issue. So let's begin. Bullying among children is a global challenge. And this is based on numerous detrimental side effects that have broadened societal implications. Both victims and perpetrators of bullying suffer across various dimensions, including personal, social development, education, and health, with negative effects persisting into adulthood. Bullying is also a serious concern for policymakers and child practitioners. Bullying has negative mental and physical impacts on victims' ability to thrive due to the hostile environment. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss and explore the lived experiences of adolescents who were victims of bullying and also to assess the impact on their lives. In concluding this podcast, the main goal was to understand the complexities of bullying 
and its long-term implication. I have chosen to explore bullying from a critical theory perspective. Critical theory is a philosophy that involves being critical of the prevailing view of society. In many cases, critical theory pays more attention to social structure and group culture, thereby criticizing social injustice, discrimination, racial oppression, and other social contradictions. Similarly, critical theory in education is about how our educational system can best offer education to all people and students. And peace education is a kind of critical theory that can establish peace awareness to eliminate bullying, isolation, and discrimination at school. Personal values and experiences form the attitudes and beliefs that we hold about particular topic. For example, a majority of people have experienced some type of bullying while being a student, whether it is being excluded from a group or telling of secrets. My worldview is best defined as social constructivism. And this comes from my experience as an educator and mental health specialist. In my work, I see the impact of bullying and cyberbullying experiences and how these impact those students or teenagers who were subjects to either. As a result, I'm interested in researching how those experiences influence them by listening to their experiences through employing a phenomenological qualitative method. As a social constructivist, I see myself as someone who asks specific questions in an attempt to gain clarity and meaning from conversations with students who have been victims of bullying. I have chosen to explore this research topic due to my personal experiences, background, and knowledge. As a critically reflective mental health specialist and educator, I am aware of my role as a researcher. I am an advocate for change and hope to position myself more to help transform our society so students and adolescents who experience bullying feel less oppressed and marginalized. A strong belief is human equality. To me, that is accepting others for who they are and treating others with respect and dignity. Because of my belief and values, I find strong importance in addressing bullying prevention. See, I was bullied a lot during my youth while I was in Guyana, South America. It was a constant battle and I often felt depressed and withdrawn which resulted in my academic performances and not having the support from teachers or my father during those times. Later on, when I arrived in the United States at the age of 16, I had moved to New Jersey and I did encounter bullying in high school, but it was not as severe compared to my youth. During high school, I had the support of caring and empathic educators 
Who encouraged me to excel and I did not feel suicidal or worrisome, but instead more empowered to do well academically? I believe having ongoing support and guidance make the situation and challenges a little easier and knowing I am not alone in this fight. When students do not have the resources or support they they need, um, there are dire consequences, for example, suicide or experiencing homicidal ideation. Um, going into the next topic of my podcast, I will discuss the consequences of bullying. Bullying is observed across gender, race, ethnicity, and socioeconomic statuses. It is prevalent in all grades and all schools and can be mild, moderate, or severe. It has been associated with negative impact on children's physical and mental health, along with the detrimental effects of their social, psychological, and academic progress. For instance, repeated insults and rejection by peers can generate deadly results such as suicide or homicide which I've just mentioned in my personal example. Being bullied during this time of adolescence can have significant effects on overall current and future change. Children who exposes to harassment at school uh, may suffer from difficulty concentrating. They may experience depression, anxiety, withdrawal, or even sleep disturbances. For instance, the countries we are most familiar with in terms of bullying that I will talk about are South Korea and the United States, um, recognizing the growing issue. Almost one of every three students, which is 32% in South Korean elementary, middle, and high school, are victims of bullying, according to a Korean Institute for Health and Social Affairs study. However, in the United States, it is almost one out of every four students, which is roughly 22% reported being bullied during the school year, according to the National Center for Educational Statistics. Um, a study based on data from three national surveys in the USA report that the most common form of bullying are verbal insult. And this includes name calling and nicknames, hitting someone, having direct direct aggressions or theft, and threats, spreading rumors or social exclusion or isolation. Going on into a different study in the Young Lives Project on Childhood Poverty, which followed 12,000 children in Ethiopia, India, Peru, and Vietnam, over 15 years, they reported children were asked about their experience of bullying at 15 years of age. Indirect and re relational type of bullying, such as humiliation and social exclusion, were the most common reported, astonishingly. While verbal bullying was also common, physical bullying was the least common. Also, according to a 2016 UN report, children in vulnerable situations who face stigma, discrimination, or exclusion are more likely to be bullied in person and online.
also in an additional survey in Kenya or of, of the Nairobi public schools, bullying is a common in a wide range of countries. Between 63% and 82% of students reported bullying, while a survey in South Africa found that more than half of the respondents had experienced bullying once or twice in the last month. And finally, wrapping up um, the different areas and statistics on bullying. A survey in the United States found that 82% of LGBTQ students ages 13 to 20 had been verbally harassed at school in the past year because of their sexual orientation and over 32% reported that they had been abused accordingly. Accord. Frequently, 90% said they felt deliberately excluded or left out because other student and 38% reported being pushed or shoved. Based on the data, we can agree that bullying is a global problem that affects students all over the world. There are anti-bullying campaigns and resources in most countries and yet the issue still presents a challenge. I will also talk about defining bullying behavior. What is it? Bullying means systematically and chronologically inflicting physical hurt or psychological distress on another person. Bullying involves physical and emotional behavior that are intentional, controlling, and hurtful, thus creating harassing, intimidating, hostile, or otherwise offensive educational environment. Bullying behavior include unwanted or repeated verbal or physical behavior, including any threatening insult or dehumanizing gesture by a student or adult that is severe or pervasive enough to create intimidating, hostile, or offensive educational environment. This causes discomfort or humiliation or unreasonably interfere with an individual's school performance or participation or create a disruption in the educational environment, which is often where most bullying occurred is during school. Um, in this next section of my podcast, I would like to talk about the interview that I conducted. So I conducted a focus group interview. My focus group interview lasted um, about an hour and it was over Zoom since we could not meet in person, you know, due to COVID. I utilize um, Zoom because it was the easiest and most convenient way for my participant and I to communicate. The participants who experience bullying are currently between the ages of 22 and 35. Three female participants are all teachers. So, I'm not going to share um, the entire interview, but what I've done is I've um, looked at the interview and I've taken notes and I've come up with different themes that derive from my interview with these um, participants who had encountered bullying. So my first theme was, um, was an emotion. 
and it focused on emotion, particularly the feelings associated with, with being a victim of a repeated bullying incident, um, both in and outside of school. Um, the sub-team that were documented by me were um, the participants felt vulnerable, they were introverted, and being avoidant with the bullies. For instance, participant Meg shared that she experienced bullying at school because she was skinny, whereas participant Marilyn shared bullying because she was chubby. Um, moving on to my second team was isolation um, that the participant um, encountered. The participant reiterated that they were typical adolescent, but due to the ongoing bullying, they, they found themselves isolated from their peers and social circle. Participant Meg and Marta shared their awareness on isolation and how it affected their psychological well-being. And even to this day, during the interview, um, one of the participants became very emotional talking about her experience and how she felt um, isolated and not having the support of her family or even classmates because um, she was um, a, she was the only child and her parents were separated. So um, her mom was working, so she didn't have anyone to go to or to talk to about her bullying experience. My other team is um, that I've discovered during the interview were trauma and the effects of repeated bullying. So the short and long-term effects of bullying have many ramifications. Marcia um, and Marilyn describe in rich details the trauma they experience on an ongoing basis from the bullying. In this section, um, participant um, Marcia shared that um, she was bullied by several boys in her classroom. Um, this was due because she was um, she grew up in poverty. Um, she um, she was very intelligent, but due to her poverty, she didn't have proper clothing and she didn't have all the necessary supplies to be, you know, for school. So the student picked on her and um, she even, the bullying was so severe that she missed the whole year of school and she had to repeat a grade. Um, so we can see the, um, the long-term effects and while talking to, sharing these experiences with me, she became very emotional and said, you know, it was very sad because she didn't have the support that she needed. For instance, um, participant Marilyn, on the other hand, say, stated that it, she was feeling of embarrassment, meaning she stated that she wasn't good enough and um, for society. And, and she f ended up feeling insecure feelings. And now that she's an adult, she made it uh she made it her goal to educate her children about bullying and the long term effects it could have so um this doesn't repeat um and also I want to talk about the passive impressions from bullying. The participant reflected on their individual experience of being victims of adolescent bullying and shared a sense of gratitude when they each look back at the experiences and have beaten the odds, I believe, by being in a place of fulfillment. Um, they use their collective bullying experience to promote equality and shed light on the importance of providing support for bullied 
adolescent and encouraging victims to reach out for help instead of suffering in silence. The participants use their experience to promote advocacy and discuss the effects of bullying has had on them individually and collectively as a group. Participants Marilyn, Marga, and Meg express their stories of triumph despite their bullying they endured as adolescent. And that just goes to show that, you know, despite their bullying experiences, they have come out on top and they now use their experience to advocate and to encourage and promote um, bullying, um, bullying efforts so that it doesn't happen to students and to recognize that teachers, educators and policymakers and shareholders understand the long-term effect it could have on students. Overall, the participant understood the lack of resource and negative impact it had on their life as an adolescent. In addition, all the participants were advocating and champion for having bullying resources in high school and have even taken the time to educate their children, which I mentioned, about the importance of speaking up and being an ally for the victims of bullying. The participants have felt that the effects of bullying did not want any child to experience bullying. They all wanted to prevent it from occurring because of the long-term effects it could have on one's mental and physical well-being. And to wrap up my presentation today on this podcast, we know bullying has, been, has become a serious problem. And more importantly, um, it has become a major public health concern because it has been identified as one of the most prevalent form of victimizations experienced by adolescent. It has been directly associated with a variety of mental health, physical health, and academic challenges. Also, I wanted to share briefly some um, illuminating facts that prove bullying is a global issue. And my first fact dealt with the overwhelming majority of youth around the globe see and identify bullying as a major problem in their community. Number two, many young people said they had personal experiences with bullying. Three, global youth often don't talk about their experiences with bullying. So that's something we need to change and we need to be open-minded in promoting bullying intervention and letting our students know there are resources. While many countries do have resources for bullying and the victims, there are a lot of, lot of countries, undeveloped and even developed countries, who do not do a, better, a good job at promoting it. Um, number four, the majority of respondents said they were bullied because of their physical appearances, or at least that is what the students are reporting. Even with the popularity of online communication globally, with all the social media that we have now, youth are mostly experiencing harassment in person. So it goes to show that bullying still happens face to face. And finally, six, while youth are experiencing bullying at a staggering rate, they know how to tackle the issue. So oftentimes we just need to ask students what is happening and how it can be solved. We need to get students uh, more engaged, I believe. 
So the social and political forces are demanding more humane, civil, and courteous behavior of citizens. I believe these forces make it necessary for school boards and school leadership to adapt explicit policies that regards bullying behavior as unacceptable and intolerable. School must seek to prevent bullying and harassing behavior as they must intervene respectfully and effectively in each participant in the participant context so that victims are restored. I believe everyone deserves to attend a school that seeks to encourage strength, enhance assets, and provide a positive climate conducive to learning and safety. Children and parents should have confidence that their school are a safe place for learning and that are free of harm and intimidation. These values and beliefs have allowed me the opportunity to develop this podcast and I continue to explore and learn more about this subject matter for my dissertation. This is your host, um, Andrew Singh, and I hope you had a wonderful time listening to this podcast. Any feedback is appreciated. I can be contacted contacted at andrew31 letter a at gmail.com or on my cell at 862-438-7357. Thank you and have a great day.